Okay, so the fact that Tiffany covered Africa is so strange because that's kind of what my opening story is. So um, that's really cool. Um, so in 2014, this was before Tiffany's trip. She went in 2016. I went in 2014. And I didn't have to go by myself, luckily. Thank you, Lord. But anyway, because I probably would have freaked out if somebody had backed out. But um, we had, like, all these training sessions before we went because it was a different culture, completely different people group than anything we could even imagine being around here. Their whole entire life is different. The way they dress is different. If they're dressed, you know, they feed their children in front of everyone. Just everything. It's just like... You can't be, like, going, staring at them, you know, when they're doing all these things. So we we had to go through all this training. We had to figure out how to, you know, translate the gospel to them, knowing that we were going to be leaving in a week and and just to, you know, plant seeds that would be there when the local pastors came. They would kind of know what the church was talking about. So um, we had an Evangie Cube that we, you know, there were pictures and we told the story and then we had a translator, so we had to learn how to talk through a translator and all stuff. So it was like like information overload or whatever. We had to figure out how to communicate and how to look relaxed while we did it and all this stuff. So I'm not a very relaxed person, so it was really hard for me. So I was trying really hard to get everything just right, okay? So we, we get there, and we're, we're learning about, you know, where we're going to be. We camped for, you know, 10 nights in, on the ground in a tent and all this stuff. And so it was just crazy. And... Every day after, we all split off into groups, and then we would come back that evening and have like, you know, we would talk about what our day held and and the things that we had witnessed because we all honestly witnessed some really just incredible things. Some were very unnerving, and some were just amazing, and you could just see the hand of God working and all this stuff. Not to mention how beautiful it was there. It was just amazing, you know, driving down the road and, like, you have to stop because drafts are in the way, you know. So um, we, we were in our tents every night. I mean, I had a stash of candy, so I would decompress and eat Twizzlers and all that kind of stuff by myself. I was just like, oh, my God, I can do this, I can do this. So I was in my tent, and a lot of people would be, like, out in other tents and be socializing. I could hear guitars playing and all stuff, and I just wanted to eat my candy and think, you know. And um, so one night in particular, it's very dark where we were. There were no lights, you know, solar-powered lights, or there was no city visible, so you couldn't see, like, lights on a hillside or anything like that. And a lot of places you can, but where we were, you could not. So it's just pitch black dark where we were and when the night came like you couldn't go to the bathroom by yourself you have to get a buddy and all stuff well everybody was outside and I remember you know just like trying to prepare my mind for the next day and process what I had seen that day and and just really like pray and ask God to really help me remember all the things I had learned and all stuff so you know just trying to get all the, you know, boxes checked for the next day and all this stuff and go through my little workbook. You know, I'm just very legalistic about some things and I don't like that about myself. But um, so I'm, I'm, I decided to go out, okay, outside the tent where the other people were. And when we got out, where I, there was a couple people with me um, and my sister was with me and Kayla was with me and 
we were standing outside, and, and some, I said, somebody was talking about the Southern Cross. And I was like, what is that? And they were like, it's, the, it's this, these group of stars that make a cross that you can only see in the Southern Hemisphere. You can't even see it where we live. Blah, blah, blah. It was so beautiful. And I was just like, wow. And then I just like turned, and, and I saw this. I mean, this is what I saw. I didn't take this picture. I wish I had. I'd probably be working for National Geographic right now. But, um, but you can see the Southern Cross. The top of it is the orange, and then the, there's three others. Anyway, that's the Southern Cross. And then the whole Milky Way, like as it was so dark out there, and it was just like it was just like the sky kind of was like looked like it was split open. I mean, it was the most incredible thing I have ever seen in my life, and. I was thinking, if I had sat in my tent and only focused on the things I had to do and the things that I had done during the day and focused solely on that, I would have missed the beauty of God's handiwork all around me. So that's what I want us to think about tonight. We've been talking about, two weeks ago, Keith talked about Hope, our hope is in Christ. That's our true hope. No matter what this world deals out to us, whether it's unfair, painful, hard, you've got a, you know, a bunch of junk in your family that's out of your control, you know, all this stuff that happens to us, our true hope is in Christ, not a person, not in things, and not in circumstances. It's in the unchanging love and redeeming power of Jesus Christ. And then Kenny talked about our true identity is in Christ. Who we are. It's not where you go to school or who your friends are or who your family is or where you live. If you are in Christ, if you follow Christ, if you have laid yourself down and decided to follow Jesus no matter the cost, that is your true identity. And and there's freedom in that. Like, you know, a lot of times people think, well, I don't want to, I'm not ready because I don't live good enough. Well, news tell you, you never will. I mean, she won't. Um, or you're not ready to give up something or, you know, you got to turn into a boring person. I mean, I'm not a boring person, so you don't have to be boring. But, but um, you know, it really and truly there's freedom in total surrender to Jesus because the sacrifice that Jesus made for us came from a place of, of true obedience and desire to change this world, to rescue us. And so... I want to talk to you. Keith said, I said, you know, like, what do you want me to talk about? And he said, look, this is what I want you to think on. If this was your last time to talk to this group of people, what stands out that you would want them to know forever? And I was like, okay. Like, immediately my heart started pounding and I started thinking. And, you know, I just asked God to really show me. What is the most important thing? Like, what do we really, what really matters the most? And I just kept coming back to Jesus. Don't miss Jesus in the everyday. Don't miss Jesus in following Jesus. Don't miss Jesus in, you know, the routines that we all go through. We're all here. Most of us are here pretty much every week. We hear speakers every week. We we read our Bible, we pray, we, 
And all those things are really good, kind of like me going over everything that I wanted to accomplish in my tent. But step out and enjoy the joy of your salvation and see God's beauty and His handiwork all around you. The people that God has placed in your path. Don't be so tunnel visioned on what you've got to do that you miss all these opportunities to actually be the hands and feet of Jesus. There's two passages I want us to talk about tonight, and I'm going to try my best to be quick about it. So the first one is John chapter 1. In John chapter 1, I, this is one of my favorite passages, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter or anything like that, but I do want to touch on several verses. Um, it, it, John describes who Jesus is in such a beautiful way, and there is no questioning that he is God. When you read this, there's just no questioning in, in Jesus being there in the beginning, and he always will be, and just it's just so beautiful. So I'm just going to read 1 through 17, and then we'll talk about it for just a minute. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought life to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true life, the one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world that he created, but the world did not recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one I was talking about when I said, Someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for He existed long before me. From His abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God but the unique one who is Himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. So, John explains who Jesus is and how he's connected and how he's always been and how he always will be and how there, he came into the darkness of this world, the world that didn't know, that, that could not, could not check all the boxes and get it all right. We could not follow the, the law in a perfect way so that we could be one with God. He, we could never get there. So God made a way. 
and he sent his son who has been there with God, who is part of God, who is God from the very beginning of the beginning of everything. And he was, he was at creation and he created things and through him we can be saved. In verse 6, he says that he sent a man, a man named John. He was not Jesus, but he was here to tell about the coming of Jesus. And to me, I'm just like, that is so cool because that proves right there that God chooses people to carry his message. Did he need John? No. We saw, I mean, we see when Jesus was baptized that a voice came from heaven and spoke and said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He doesn't have to have people to carry the gospel, to go to Africa, to relocate, to, to reach out at the soup bowl and feed people who won't otherwise receive a meal, you know, on a certain day. He chooses to use us. He wants to use us because he has a perfect plan where we are the hands and feet of Christ, where people can look at us and say, there is no way that they are making it every day unless something or somebody is helping them. I know what they've been through. I know who they used to be. And the world cannot say that, that it's, it's anything other than a miracle or supernatural. God, when a change happens within us, the world sees that because the darkness can never overtake the light. And Scripture plainly tells us that He gives us a new life and that He takes out that heart of stone and puts in a heart of flesh. That's, that's new. You know, when somebody gets a new pair of shoes, you... A lot of people go, oh, you get some new shoes, you know, because they look so good. I mean, they, they're different. They're clean. They're, they, they look new. They, you can just tell when something is new, when something has changed, when a person has been through something that changes them. And so that is how the world sees Christ in us. So in verse 9, of Hebrews chapter 2. I want to, I want to go to Hebrews. But first, I'll back up. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 1 is telling about how Jesus is set apart. That God has never talked about angels the way he talks about Jesus. That Jesus is unique. Jesus is, is God. You know, a lot of people, I thought about this, you know, so many people think that, you know, um, they have angels all over their house, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that, but when you place that to a level that replaces your worship and your adoration and your attention from Jesus, anything in your life like that. That's making that thing an idol. You are, are placed, you're elevating something above Jesus. There is no angel that is greater than Jesus Christ. There is no person that is greater than Jesus Christ. Your parents probably love you, and they may have led you to Jesus, but they are not perfect. They will let you down, and you cannot base your relationship with Jesus on a person. And you cannot think that, 
you know, um, there's anything that will sustain you other than your relationship with Jesus. And that is a personal relationship. You cannot lean on a person to sustain your relationship with Jesus. It does not work that way. And so Hebrews is all about how Jesus is God's son. He is placed on the right hand of God. He is interceding for us. He is our Savior. In Hebrews chapter 2, I want to read just a few verses there, and um, I'll talk a little bit about that too. Um, In verses 9 through 18, What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while has given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. God, for whom and through whom everything was made, chose to bring many children into glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus, through his suffering, a perfect leader, fit to bring them into their salvation. So now Jesus and the ones he makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, Jesus said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. He also said, I will put my trust in him, that is, I and the children God has given me. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He, be, he came to help the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. So, the writer of Hebrews is making it clear to us that Jesus wants us to be part of his family. And because he was willing to come and to die for us and to be a human like us, to go through what we've gone through, he knew pain, he knew suffering, he had friends. He had relationships with people. He performed miracles. And that was not to build himself up. That was to prove that he was really God's son and that God was who he said he was and that he was the salvation for all people. It was all to bring glory and honor to his father, which is what we exist for. Jesus came to die so that we would not have to be separated from God. And we are here to proclaim that good news to the world so that we can have more brothers and sisters with us for Jesus in his name. And 
I know that, you know, we all go through different things in our life and we all have, you know, difficult days and struggles. I do too. Everybody does. But if we can step out of our life in a way to where we're, we still live our life. We still go to work. We still raise our kids. We still go to school. We still, you know, play football and we're cheerleaders and all the things that everybody does. Yes, be completely involved in everything, every aspect of your life. But step back and see that your world is just your world. There's a whole world that is out there and we're called to be in that too. It's not just about me, what's going on with me, what do I have to do, what do I have to accomplish, what's coming up, I'm, I'm so bombarded. You know, it's not all about that. God places people in our life and we go through situations that are really tough because there's a reason in the future we're going to be able to be there for somebody else that's not going to know the truth of who Jesus is. They're not going to know the way to Christ. They're not going to know how they can get through the situation without ending their life because that's the only way that seems possible. But when we go through stuff and we know the truth of God's Word and we have that light in us, we are able to then just pour into somebody else. Not acting like we're perfect because we're not. And you're lying to yourself if you think you're better than anybody. Because we're not. We're not. What we have inside is not meant to stay inside. And what we hear in this room is not meant to stay in this room. If it stays in this room then it's for nothing. We're just here to pat ourselves on the back like a lot of other places. And I don't want that for us. I want us to do the hard things. And I want us to go through the rough stuff and come out on the other side giving God the glory because we made it and somebody's going to see Him in us. That's the point. And we can't ignore the reason Jesus came. It's because of sin. And I know nobody wants to think that their sin is as bad as somebody else's, but that's a lie too if you tell yourself that. Sin is ugly, and it's rough, and it's not good, and we all have it. Every single one of us have it. We're born into it. But we do not have to be bound by it. We do not have to live in fear of, you know, of of sins that we commit or just the struggle feeling like there's no way out or there's nothing that can be done or there's never going to be a better day. It's not about having good days. It's about leaning into Christ and being honest with yourself and, and, and laying it all out for God, just like Tiffany did. She was like praying. And when you get honest with God, He opens doors because He knows your heart. If you're just saying a bunch of words, you might as well just not even say anything. If you're praying a repetitive prayer or you're coming to church just because you have a boyfriend or girlfriend here or if you're, you know, going, you know, doing things because you're supposed to or it looks good or you got to keep the facade going, come on. Aren't you tired of that? 
who can keep that up? That is, that is when your burdens seem like they are crushing you because you're doing it on your own. That is not what letting Jesus carry our burdens means. It's realizing who we are in the face of a God that is so righteous and holy we can't even look on Him. But it, it's, it just shows us how desperately we need Him and how much we cannot do it on our own and how important it is to share the truth with other people because a lot of people don't know any better than what they're doing right now. Some people have turned away and some people just don't know because they've been lied to their whole life. And it's ingrained in them. And if I know people like that, you know people like that. And the people that you know that I don't know are in your life for a reason. You are their connection to the gospel. We are commanded to share Jesus with the world. No exceptions. No exceptions. With your life, with your lips, and everything else. You can't surrender to Jesus and then say, well, you can't have this. But I'll, I'm going to do everything else. But I'm still going to, you know. If God has shown you something in your life is wrong and you need to give it up, you need to give it up. Period. And that's scary and it's hard and I know that. But it's the truth. Um, there's a... There's a verse in, in Galatians, and I know I've said this before, but what I was talking about, about the, the bondage, you know, you feel the weight of the world on you. You just feel like you, it, you're being ground to powder some days. I do too, I know. But Paul tells us in Galatians that, that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. We feel like if we say, you know, I want to live, I do believe in Jesus, I want to follow him, I want to give him my life, that feels like you're giving something up. But really, you're being brought to life. And you are free. Because the enemy cannot hold anything over on you anymore because you are righteous before God. Because Jesus is the light inside of you. There is a freedom in that. There is a freedom knowing that you don't have the pressure to get it right. You don't have to worry about every little step you make. You just follow Jesus and you just cling to him and you, you get honest with him and you live your life for him every day. And, and, and Satan literally has no power over you. We don't have to fear depression, loneliness. Yeah, we're going to feel it, but we don't have to be afraid of it. Because it does not own you loneliness, suffering, disease, death, anything you're afraid of. That's the freedom. You're, you're free. Those, those weights on you, do not ha you don't have to carry them around. If you do, that is your choice. Because there is, when you surrender to Christ, that is gone. That is gone. And so... so We've heard this a bunch of times up here, and I'm just echoing what everybody else said, but Christ is enough. Jesus Christ is enough, and I hope that y'all never get over that. And I hope that church never becomes mundane and boring, and it's just, oh, I'm going to do this because my parents want me to, whatever, you know. Because it is so much more than that. It is not just doing the right stuff. 
or, oh, I messed up, you know, nobody loved. My parents are mad at me. I'm sure God's mad at me. It, it does not work like that. But you won't know that unless you read this for yourself. You cannot go on what your parents say the Bible says or what your grandparents always taught you or those old wives' tales you always heard growing up. Those are all crazy. You have to learn it for yourself. Read it for yourself. I've been in church my whole life, and a lot of things that I thought I heard growing up is not actual scripture. And I did not really realize that until I dug in for myself. And I was like, oh, okay, it doesn't really say that I, all this time. I thought it did, but it didn't. And you won't ever know that if you do not search the scriptures for yourself. And another thing is getting real in your prayer life. You don't have to say certain things. You don't have to say anything fancy. I don't. I mean, um, you just talk to God. He already knows your heart. You just talk to him just like you're talking to anybody. I... I, there have been many times I didn't even know what to say. I just felt so broken. And I, the only thing I could do was just weep. And I knew that God knew what was on my heart. And that's okay, because He does. And it's a comfort to know the Holy Spirit speaks on our behalf when we can't. And that Jesus is interceding. He's like our cheerleader because he fought for us, and he won, and we're free. But we have to realize that we have to do our part too. We can't just be like, Lord, save me, boom, that's it, I'm going to heaven, no worries. It's, it does not work that way. So get real, get real, and, and, and fall in love with God. If you're, not, if, you're not, if you're not reading this word, read it. It is the most beautiful thing and the more you know the more you're going to want to know and the more you you learn the more you're going to want to learn that's just how it is because it's alive scripture says that of itself the word is alive and it's it's just vital it's vital to your survival in this world of of just having hope having hope and knowing that that your hope does not rely on a person because people will let you down. Kenny is our leader. He's the leader of this flock. But he will let us down if we put our faith in him. He's a human being. Your parents will let you down. They are people. The only, the only one that will never let you down is Jesus. But he is not, it's not like he won't ever correct you. He won't ever show you that you're wrong. He won't ever challenge you or call you to do something you don't want to do. But it's all for your, your good if you are called by him. And it is for the glory of God. Just like Jesus' death seemed like a horrible day, but it was the best day. That's how it works. What we, what we can see on the outside is very rarely what is actually happening um, with, with God. So my final word, what I would leave to everybody here, this was my last time to talk, is don't miss Jesus, not in Christmas, not at work, not when you're wondering what to do with your life, every day of your life. Don't miss Jesus. Know that there is a plan 
in the waiting. There's a plan in the sadness. There is a plan in the confusion. And in the days you want to give up, don't give up. And remember that Jesus is enough. We don't need Jesus plus all this other stuff. Jesus is enough. At the, at the core of who you are, it's got to be about Jesus. It's got to be. Or your whole life, you'll be empty and just ruined on the inside. Because God put something in us that only He can feel. We were made to worship. And if we're worshiping something besides Him, we're going to be missing something. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your word, for your faithfulness and your unfailing love. Lord, I thank you for your provision and I, I thank you, God, for this place, Lord, where we can be free to worship and we can be free to go to people that we trust and talk and, and we can be free to explore, God, what you're calling us to do. We don't feel bound by those things. We feel at liberty to love you. And, and just, I thank you for that. I thank you for this place. And I thank you for leading each one of us here tonight. God, I pray that your word and, and you will be fresh for us all the time. Lord, that we'll just desire more and more of you. And God, we won't be so closed off because of everything we have going on. But we'll open our eyes to the needs around us, to the world around us, God, to your Holy Spirit and what He is leading us to do in our lives. And I pray that we won't, we won't put you off. We'll, we'll obey as soon as you call us to do something, God. Lord, I just pray right now during this time of worship, Lord, that you will just move hearts, Lord. And I just pray that you'll just challenge us to lay things down that are in our way. God, if we're missing you because of something we have in our way, I pray that you'll show that to us. And I thank you for loving us, and I thank you so much for sending Jesus and for making a way for us when there was no way, for restoring us and redeeming our hearts and for drawing us close to you and wanting us to be in your family. I thank you for that. In your holy name, I pray.